Hello and welcome to this Prayer Focus CD and podcast for October 2012 from CMS, Church Mission Society. I'm Mike Stranks. This month we'll be finding out how the Anglican Church in Paraguay is celebrating the centenary of one of its buildings, learning something of the work amongst young people by the church in Rwanda, and discovering how a recent development launched by the Life in Abundance Trust in Ecuador is progressing. So first to Paraguay. At the end of September, the Anglican Church in Asuncion celebrated the centenary of St Andrew's Chapel, originally built as part of the ministry to British workers who'd gone to Paraguay to help construct a railway system. CMS mission partner Caroline Gilmore-White has coordinated the planning of the celebrations with a commemorative DVD at their heart. When Caroline and I spoke on the telephone, I asked her what was in the DVD. Actually, it's a DVD of photographs, still photographs, animated with music. Um, and really, there, there was no other way to do it because the story was so dramatic and involved so many different moments in the church's history here and not least the development of work in two languages and two cultures, um, English and Paraguayan. Um, and to do justice to God's faithfulness and investment in the church and all the sacrificial effort that went into keeping the chapel open, um, we needed to do something dynamic which would impact people with just how much God had invested. Also, that there are local people who've lived alongside the chapel all their lives, and then there are members of the Paraguayan churches here who see the chapel services happening but don't really know what they're like. Um, because they can't access them. And so showing a DVD seemed to tie a lot of co these chords together, really, and seemed to be the best way to share the celebration of what God had done over 100 years with, with a wide spectrum of people. So has it, has it been very easy to put this DVD together, or have there been problems along the way? I, th I think the most extraordinary thing, I'd say, is that I knew that God was in the project from the very beginning because... It seemed to be that as soon as I thought I needed something, it just came along. Almost didn't even have to ask for it. But when we began the, the film, we, we had some slightly false starts. There, there is a, a young man who comes to the church occasionally who has had film experience. And at a church social lunch once, a couple of us tackled him and <laughs> said, how would you feel about doing this? And uh, he's really come up trumps. We've done the English version, and he's in, back in England at the moment with all the resources to do the Spanish version. And it's the Spanish version that we will show on the evening of Saturday the 22nd. So how long is it? I think about 20, between 20 and 30 minutes, because there, the, we were able to do more live interviews for the Spanish version, involving pastors and congregation members who were here in the 1960s, than, than we could for the English one. We have high hopes of this evening of the 22nd. It'll be a time when the English church will understand what the, what the Spanish church has been about and the Spanish church will understand the history of the English church, which is the first time that'll ever have happened. So, so in a marvellous sense, it sounds as though in looking back, the church today is being rejuvenated and reinvigorated. I, I, th I think it will be. One, one of the faith things I had on my heart at the very beginning of this project, because I realized that it was going to be quite a long slog, a year from September 2011 to September 
2012 when we'd see the projects realized was the opportunity to show the modern day Paraguayan churchgoers what the history of the Anglican church was, how much God invested in it, and the fact that it's theirs. This is their history. You've talked about um, how this has already encouraged people and your hopes for the future. Has it encouraged you personally in your faith? Yes, it has really. Um, I've always liked to think that I heard God, but it's very encouraging to hear God about such a multifaceted project and to find that he, he brings in a huge range of people who are also hearing and, and, and contributing to it, really. Mm. It stretched my face because for a long time, for about six or seven or eight months, I was on my own with the project, plodding along, reading, making notes, collecting the photographs. I had to badger quite a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I did feel quite lonely sometimes uh, doing that. But just recently, momentum has taken up speed. It, it, it all sounds highly fascinating, and, and I can't wait to see this video. Am, am I going to get the opportunity to see this video in the UK? Well, I can, I can bring a copy with me um, to CMS in January. Perhaps I can bring half a dozen copies, and then you'll have them to, to send out to people. And further news of that DVD in due course. Let's give thanks for the pioneering work that established the chapel, for the faithful and evolving witness of the leaders and congregations down the years, and for the way that Caroline has felt God's leading and enabling as she's worked on finding and presenting material for the DVD. And let's pray that this centenary celebration will have enriched and empowered all sections of the Anglican Church in Ascension, so that they are united in Christ as they share the good news of Jesus. Audio mission. After 18 years, for many of us, the word Rwanda still conjures up pictures of savage brutality. And currently the media is reporting continued unrest and factional fighting. But Rwanda is not without hope. Bishop Louis Mavunyi visited CMS Oxford recently and he told Jeremy Woodham about his Christian experience and how the 1994 genocide caused him to commit himself to Christ in a new way. After my conversion, I worked with the Scripture Union in Chigari, uh, taking the gospel to young people in schools throughout the country. And... Uh, after that, uh, I joined the Bible College. I went to study in Tanzania. Uh, the 1994 genocide in Rwanda happened when I was in Tanzania. And it was not an easy time because uh, I lost so many relatives. But uh, as I cried to God, as I meditated on the Word of God, uh, I came to realize that even though we go through sufferings and pains, uh, God understands. Uh, the message of the cross became so clear and so deep in me. And uh, it was through that meditation on the message of the cross, it was through that meditation on the pain and suffering that Jesus went through the cross uh, that 
that I that my life and calling was restored that I recommitted my life to God again and to be passionate to serve God in Rwanda a country that has gone through suffering uh, Timothy Parna Manasseh uh, who's uh, the diocesan youth coordinator is that right why is yeah. youth work so important that's right that's right i would like to take this opportunity to thank uh, very much cms uh, the partnership we have through the support they are giving manasse who is the youth coordinator in the diocese he's a great man he's a godly young man and uh, he's helping the diocese he's helping the church uh, to bring together young people and also uh, to engage the young people in the mission that God has called us. How long has Manasseh been in that role? I think he has been the, since the beginning of this year. He's, he's, he's doing great. Okay, a very short time. What kind of impact have you Yeah, seen? he has already, uh, a diocesan youth policy has already been made. And also he's uh, trying to start uh, youth clubs in each parish. Uh, he's trying to start uh, Bible classes, Bible study groups of young people in each parish. And uh, he's also uh, looking at how to use uh, sports among young people uh, as an outreach to other young people. Rwanda is a very young country in terms of age. Mm. So I, I guess it's easy to see why, mm. why young people are mm. important. Mm. What place do you see the youth workers having in your overall vision for the diocese? I think we are taking the youth ministry uh, among our high priorities. As you said, they are the majority of the population in Rwanda. And uh, uh, they are energetic, you know, they are uh, at a critical age. Uh, so when you get the, the young people for Christ, you bring the nation to Christ. Uh, you remember very well in 1994 genocide, the selfish politicians used young people to kill the population of Rwanda. Uh, reaching young people, preaching to the young people, uh, helping them to have an encounter with Christ, it's the hope for Rwanda, I'm sure. I'd like to ask you to give us two or three big prayer points that people listening mm. could use to pray for mm. you, your diocese and yeah. the church in yeah. Rwanda. Yeah, I think uh, one prayer request is to pray for the training of pastors in Rwanda. Most of our pastors have never gone to Bible colleges. They are facing huge responsibilities in leading the parishes. Uh, we need to have a training program for them. We need to organize training programs for them so that they are well equipped for the work. And also uh, pray for the education. Uh, we need an education officer in the diocese, education coordinator who can coordinate uh, 19 of our schools that are throughout the diocese. And for you uh, personally in your ministry, what can people pray for? For me personally, pray for my family. I'm married with the, my wife is called Winnie. We have three boys. The eldest is 14, the second is 12, the third is nine. So we need your prayers so that Lord continues to strengthen us and help us in this wonderful ministry he has called us. So let's pray for those things that Bishop Louis has asked us to. 
And let's also pray for CMS Timothy partner Manasseh, thanking God for him and asking that God will give him wisdom and strength as he seeks to develop youth work in the diocese. Audio mission. And for our final prayer topic this month, we return to South America, but this time to Ecuador. CMS mission partner Jill Ball has established the Life in Abundance Trust in Santo Domingo, which originally focused on work with children with disabilities. However, a while ago, Jill sensed a need to establish a Christian support and outreach network for vulnerable women. When she visited Oxford recently, Jill explained to Jeremy Woodham how the work was progressing. We have an excellent woman whose name is Blanca Cifuentes and we appointed her as the coordinator of the women's work. Really she's been a complete gift from God and she works with her husband uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo works as a, as a pastor and his wife does more of the practical things and they're planting a church together in Laura Flores and that is where most of this ministry for women takes place. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about Laura Flores? La Laura Flores is a community built on a municipal rubbish dump and it's been there for 10 years and gradually it's become more permanent. People have built slightly better houses. When I first went there the, the houses were, were made of cane and then they were made of wood and now they're made of blocks. So it's, it's becoming a permanent community. And Blanca works in various areas. She's been trained to identify what is abuse. Uh, she's been trained to know what the Ecuadorian laws are. She also does a lot of work with her husband to try to restore marriages where it's possible because we don't want to see single parents, that's not our aim. The best scenario is if the family can stay together. So they do um, they do counselling work together to try to work out differences between husband and wife. The thing that she's been doing a lot of recently is doing workshops so that the women can have these little tiny businesses where they can make something at home and they can go out and they can sell it and with that money they can they can just bring enough money in to feed their families and so that's really what she does and also there's a lot of prayer that goes on there's a lot of talk of the hope that we have in Jesus that our identity is in him and that he is our helper uh, we tend to find that people often thank us they say well thank you thank you no but we say no it isn't us that's helping it this is help that you've got because of because of Jesus it's mm. it's Jesus who's helping you believe in him follow him I appreciate these are probably very sensitive stories is there a, a way you can tell us an example of one of those people that yes. said thank you you've changed my life I'll tell you about Nancy uh, Nancy used to come to Bible class that, that I used to give and so she knows all about the gospel she was married to a man who was quite abusive and he was very much into alternative remedies, i.e. going to witch doctors. And she became ill and she was told by her doctor that she should go for chemo. But this never happened and she went to a witch doctor and her tumour became a lot worse. And we got involved with her again because I had a call from somebody else in Lara Flores saying that 
that she was agonizando, which which means that she was dying. And I went to see her in the hospital, and she was just there all on her own. In that night, she came back to the Lord, and she was able to be set free from all this spiritual stuff from the witchcraft. And then the charity very much we took her on, and we we guided her through all the process of getting back into care. And then eventually she was released, and we helped her with the the last stages of the disease. And we're now working with her widow who has come to know the Lord. He was very, very shocked to see what had happened to his wife. And we think that he is really doing an excellent job of caring for his three children. And so really what the charity does, we try to offer people opportunity to know Jesus, which of course is the most important thing. And once you know Jesus, your self-esteem is raised. And then you can start to think, well, how can I help myself? How, how will how can Jesus help me to help myself and we're seeing women who've been in very abusive marriages um, coming up and really having hope we definitely want to hear some particular things for prayer going forward in the coming months I think prayer of how the charity will develop in the future God has very much been with us in this in all the time as is his promise and we know uh, that all this work belongs to God it's not ours at all and just pray that the work would develop according to his will in Ecuador that is really my prayer and that the, the people who God has called would go to work there um, this is because once you get the right fit once you get the calling, the ones who are called go to the place where they are called, then the Lord just does the rest. Some very specific prayer requests from Jill Ball, CMS mission partner in Santo Domingo, Ecuador. As we pray, let's be specific that God's call to people will be heard, understood and acted upon. Audio mission. Our reflection on what we've heard this month is brought to us by Mike Burke, CMS Church Networker. It's often hard to look back and to look forward at the same time. Some people are good at looking back. They get nostalgic about the past, but find it hard to move on. As a vicar, I would always hear about how wonderful the previous vicar had been, or about how great the church was 20 or 30 years ago. I secretly wanted to return incognito once I had left, just to discover how brilliant I'd been. Other people like to live in the moment and always think that newer means better. They dismiss the past as irrelevant or just old-fashioned. Hearing the stories from the church in Paraguay, we discovered that lessons from a shared past can help the church of today understand its role and identity better. Whilst the bishop in Rwanda reminds us that the cross is always at the centre of how people try to make sense of the genocide in 1994 and to move on from their past. Our prayer for them must be that the work of CMS people in mission, particularly among the young people of Rwanda, will help to shape a better, more forgiving and healed nation that will give them hope for a better tomorrow. In these stories we discover that it is possible to hold on to the lessons of the past in order to learn from those experiences, while at the same time embracing new opportunities that will shape a better future.
The prophet Isaiah spoke to God's people long ago, reminding them of their past, while at the same time trying to inspire them to hope for a better tomorrow. In chapter 48, he writes these words, I foretold the former things long ago. My mouth announced them and I made them known. Then suddenly I acted and they came to pass. You have heard these things. Look at them all. Will you not omit them? From now on, I will tell you of new things, of hidden things unknown to you. We give you thanks, Lord, for your provision in the past, for those who have taught us, inspired us, and shown the way. Help us to embrace your plans and purposes for tomorrow, so that we too might provide the examples of faith for future generations. Amen. And so we come to the end of this CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus for October 2012. I'm Mike Stranks and I'll be with you again next month with more news and prayer points from CMS Mission Partners sharing Jesus and seeing lives changed around the world. <laughs>